0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister. I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but I just found out lives in Richmond. So I'm looking forward to getting to know him. He is a fellow podcaster, and his podcast is called Where Did You See God? He's also a writer. It's Paul Granger. Welcome, Paul.
1: Hello. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. Would you like to share a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. So, you know, the thing that I find myself often telling people is when you know, when somebody asks who you are, they also then ask, what do you do? Because our job Mm -hmm. is tied to our identity. And Mm -hmm. so I like to tell people that I'm learning what it means to be ambassador of Christ. What does Mm -hmm. it mean to represent Christ in everything I do? I'm in a unique place because a few years ago, I unexpectedly lost my job. And then God Mm kind of kept me from jumping right back into another job, which normally you would do if you are married and have kids and have a baby on the way and have a mortgage. But God, Mm -hmm. in his wisdom, knew he was inviting me to something else. And that really was learning more and more what it means to be ambassador of Christ. And so Mm. uh, that happens through my podcast, through things that I write, through neighborhood interactions, uh, through serving with Youth with a Mission YWAM, through serving alongside my church and just organically sitting on the porch saying hi to a neighbor.
0: I love that, which is crazy because we're practically neighbors, and we just found this out. <laughs> so, so I we um I recently got connected with this tool called Podmatch. I just got an email about it, and so that's how we connected. And this is my first time really interviewing someone through that through that medium. So I think this is definitely we can say God, right? This is God's yeah. will. <laughs> I love <Yep>. it, <laughs> uh, um, and I totally identify with what you were saying about you know we ask we meet people and then we ask well what do you do? I lived in D.C. for a really long time. I got my degrees. Um, From the catholic university of america in dc and then just like stayed in the dc area before i made my way down here so yeah in dc it's all about like what you do you know it's very Mm -hmm. much career oriented so i think that's cool so can you tell me more about the ministries that you do here like the porch i saw that on your your blog or on your website um, with the community porch kind of ministry can you explain more about that
1: yeah so you know we read the scripture about loving your neighbor and we all think it's a great idea And yet I feel like, especially if we're in a busy neighborhood, that's one of the things that we really struggle with the most is really Mm -hmm. loving our neighbors, not just the ones we like and the ones right next to us, but anybody that crosses our path, we just really struggle with that notion. And sometimes it's just discomfort or inconvenience. And so one thing I learned a long time ago is one of the best ways to push ourselves in that is to just practice accessibility. So our Mm -hmm. homes are normally our sanctuary, right? Like you get off work, you go inside, you shut the door, and you just do mm-hmm. your own thing. If you want to mm-hmm. get outside, you go to the backyard where you got the six-foot privacy fence. What's well, a much different thing if you go on the front porch, and especially where the types of neighborhoods where you and I live, where houses are really close to each other, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if you're on the porch, you're going to have to interact with someone, um, mm-hmm. or at least you'll have the opportunity. And so that's what I found is there's something powerful and beautiful about making yourself accessible to be able to make eye contact with a neighbor, to Mm -hmm. simply wave, to learn a name, to say their name, to share a conversation. And sometimes you might not even have to go deep for it to be something powerful. And so some Mm -hmm. of the greatest uh, expressions of, of God in my community have come from those simple interactions.
0: I love that so much. I know I'm I'm guilty of that, right? I come home, I'm exhausted. I'm a teacher, you know. Teaching in a pandemic's been super rough, and I just come home and I do. I'm that. I shut my door, but I do take walks through the neighborhood. So, um, I'll definitely have to keep an eye out now that I I'm going to know one of my neighbors now a little bit better, which is great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the verse that you picked, we're going to be talking about Proverbs three verses five and six. And so what I'm going to have you do is read that when you're ready. Um, Can I ask which translation you're going to be using?
1: Uh, Today, I'm using the NIV. Cool. All
0: right. Whenever you are ready.
1: So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight.
0: Okay. So I'm going to give a little bit of background on Proverbs. Um, We recently on my podcast talked about Ecclesiastes 3, like the famous turn, 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 you know, to everything is a season verse. And so I mentioned that um, Ecclesiastes is an Old Testament wisdom book, which Proverbs is as well. And Proverbs, as everyone probably knows, is a a collection of wise sayings. Just like Ecclesiastes, these Old Testament wisdom books are attributed to King Solomon, who was known for his wisdom. Um, But in my research for this verse, I was excited to learn um, and kind of be drawn to the connection to a, a Deuteronomy passage that's really been kind of in my life this week, Deuteronomy 6, which is about loving your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you know mm-hmm. this verse kind of talks about loving and trusting with God with all your heart. So I hope that we can talk a little bit about what that means, like with your whole heart, because that's kind of been coming up for me a lot this week, it seems. Um, and the last thing I just want to say is um, this particular verse in Proverbs, the subheading is, or the heading is, confidence in God leads to prosperity. So I look forward to mm-hmm. hearing what you have to say about what that means. So, Paul, my first question for my guest is why did you pick this verse?
1: Yeah, so this has been a verse that has been with me as long as I can remember mm-hmm. believing in God. You know, when you're young, you're told you need to find your life verse, you need to find a verse that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Or I remember actually, I think one of the first times I really thought about it is I had seen people putting verses in their signature on their email. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I'm supposed to do that, and so one yeah. <laughs> one of my first it was a Hotmail uh, email account, and oh, I yeah. put this verse <laughs> as the the signature line, and and so it came from this place of finding a verse that really stood out to me and was meaningful. But the reason I wanted to talk about it today is because that was a couple decades ago, mm-hmm. and this verse is not just still powerful, but it's becoming more and more and more powerful as I go through life. Uh, it's not getting stale as though it's like, oh, I know that I've heard it a million times, but the relevancy and the, the, the importance of it mm-hmm. ha- have just been striking me uh, the further I walk alongside Jesus or follow alongside mm-hmm. Jesus.
0: So can you maybe expand a little bit more on that? Where do you see or how do you see this first becoming even more prevalent as we get older? Um, Do you have any like examples or things you want to share?
1: Yeah. Well, as people, we really like understanding. It's Mm -hmm. very hard for us when we don't understand something. We don't want to go somewhere unless we know where we're going. We don't want to do something unless we know what we're doing. And we see that reflected in even how we choose where we'll go to college, what jobs we'll Mm -hmm. have, where we'll go on vacation. We just understanding is so, so important to us. And it makes sense. Like logically, we should know that we're not getting ourselves into a bad situation. (laughs) We should know Mm -hmm. that this is heading towards something good. And, you know, especially as we get older, suddenly it starts playing into other things. So this is something that We're all familiar with over the last few years uh, that we're just in an environment in American culture that there's a lot of different things being said by a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And everybody believes that their understanding is the right understanding. Mm -hmm. And that can drive then what we believe, what we feel like we need to do, what actions we take, and who we are willing to love and not love. Mm -hmm. And so when I see a verse like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Out the gate, mm-hmm. we have two really hard things. The first part, <laughs> with all your heart, and you noted it in the verse you shared mm-hmm. from Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a, it's not a small thing. It's not mm-hmm. some of your heart. <laughs> it's not a casual thing. Like That is a total thing, all of your heart. In other words, nothing else can have a claim on your heart. <laughs> nothing mm-hmm. else can be divvied out from your heart. It has to be all of your heart. And then that other piece, lean not on your own understanding. Here's why that's so tricky, because sometimes our understanding is actually right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are like Peter standing on the edge of the boat, seeing Jesus on the water, and he knows that people can't stand on water, and he knows that storm waves can kill you. So his understanding was accurate that he should not step out of the boat. But <laughs> something about Jesus's invitation told him to not lean on his own understanding. Mm. But it's so hard for us because it does come with risk. And we shouldn't be surprised because that's been Jesus's invitation all along. That's been scripture's invitation from the Old Testament to the end is so many moments when God gave an invitation, when God wanted to show his power, it was in a way that did not make sense, that sometimes was impossible and accomplished something different than what anybody expected. And so if we're going by our own understanding, then we're going for what we expect, We're going Mm -hmm. for what we want, but when our hearts are totally for God and we're willing to drop our understanding, then we're actually able to experience something we might not have even dreamed. And that's where we get into this last part. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Like We want to jump ahead to that last part. We want our paths (laughs) to be straight, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to have to give our whole heart. We don't want to have to give of our understanding. And then this last piece, oh, uh, we really don't want to submit to him. And this mm-hmm. is actually why I chose the NIV version. I, I love reading the ESV. I love reading other versions, but the ESV says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And that's, mm-hmm. that's nice. That's good. But when I see submit, that's something very different. What that mm-hmm. says to me is you're not just acknowledging, oh God, that's a nice idea you have. Maybe I'll choose it. Submitting is saying, God, I don't like that idea. And yet I'm going to go where you're saying to go. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God can save us. We sure hope he does. But <laughs> even if he doesn't, we're submitting to him, even mm-hmm. if it means death. And so this is a verse that we, as, as believers, love to hold on to, right? We love to like recite it and say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on, on your mm-hmm. own understanding. He'll set your path straight. But the call here, the invitation here is, is a very, very serious one. Um, It is one that is reminiscent of Jesus's words to die to all else but him. But it's the only way for our paths to actually go towards full life.
0: Oh my gosh, Paul, you said so much good there. And, And like I said, the The Deuteronomy passage had been on, it just, it came up in mass this weekend. Um, My friend and I, she's taking a religious studies class. We ended up going to like a temple on Friday night for a Sabbath service Mm -hmm. because she was supposed to go to like different types of services um, for her class. And that they, you know, they recite that before their Sabbath on, on Friday nights. And so I just feel like it's been coming up and now hearing you speak about it too. Um, I like how you mentioned what your NIV version says. As Catholics, we use the New American Bible. And my my mm-hmm. verse doesn't cut it. I like your translation better because mine just says, <laughs> in all your ways, be mindful of him. Uh-huh. It's just like, okay, I can be mindful of God. I am mindful of God. I pray all day. I teach at a Catholic school. But when you're saying submit, that is an entirely different thing. And I think the submission is what's going to help us to rely not on our understanding but to submit to him and to follow in all of his ways with all of our hearts. So I definitely like your translation better. Um, And I love what you said, too, about I actually my my bachelor's is in media studies and then I got my master's in theology. So I teach a media literacy course in journalism to middle school students. And what you were saying about the relying on others understanding, you know, it usually tends to match what we like and what our opinions, we have these echo chambers and we just get the information that's bounced back to us of what we want to hear. And mm-hmm. um, it is getting so much harder to truly understand one another, to understand what truth is. So I don't know. I loved what you had to say about about that too. So we have to submit to God and and rely on him because these other sources, these, you know, these, uh, these other mediums are, are not cutting it. <laughs> I don't know if you want to yeah. respond to any of that.
1: Well, and again, The what makes it even harder, so like, yes, sometimes the understandings around us aren't right, (laughs) right? Uh, Sometimes they are misleading, or there are somebody may have other intentions, right? There's all these other factors, but what's really hard is sometimes they are right from a human standpoint. So, to give an Mm -hmm. example, as humans, it's built into us to protect ourselves. Self-preservation is something that is just ingrained in us. If a car Mm -hmm. is heading towards me, I will naturally get out of the way of the car because the worst case scenario for me is to die. Because Mm -hmm. what my logic says is if I die, I'm done. That's it. But we are claiming to serve a God for whom death actually isn't the worst case scenario because Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you you look at scripture and Jesus died on a cross. Like Lazarus Mm -hmm. died and was raised from the dead. Like death does not hit in the same way. It's like, oh, death, where is your sting? For Mm -hmm. us, death still has a sting and we'll shape our actions around that. But that's why you can see the disciples, the apostle Paul, and again, Jesus, being able to do something foolish like face death and it be a powerful and beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And so our understanding would stop us from that. The Apostle Paul, his understanding was that the best thing for him to do is to excel in his education, in his status, and to become a Pharisee of Pharisees, and, of course, to not die. And then God strikes him down to the ground one day and suddenly gives him this different understanding. Mm-hmm. that actually it's his goal shouldn't be to avoid death and his goal shouldn't be to be the best of the best. It should be to love God and love others. And he mm-hmm. spends the rest of his life doing it and gets to the point where he can say, I've learned the secret to being content in all situations. It's mm-hmm. because he went from his own understanding of what being a Pharisee of Pharisees could be to leaning on God's understanding, which sometimes he might not have understand, understood you know, he says, uh, I do not understand what I do for what I right. want to do. I don't do and what I hate to do. <laughs> right. I do,
0: which is right, totally but... relatable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. and in those moments, he still submitted when he had the thorn in the flesh, mm. his understanding mm-hmm. said, I can't serve God as well as long as this thorn, whatever it is, as long as it's in me. So, God, I need you to take it away. And He prays it three times. And then finally, when it's clear, God's not taking it away, then he submits. He says, mm-hmm. OK, God. I'm just going to trust you in this. And in that, he realizes, oh, one thing God's trying to do is keep me from being conceited. Another thing he's trying to do is keep me always recognizing my weakness and his strength. Right. So like Mm -hmm. sometimes our understanding is right. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the question becomes, are we willing to die to that in order to trust God?
0: So you said so many good things there. Like, and you were talking about death and obviously the apostles, you know, facing physical death. Um, and you know, most of them, almost all of them, becoming martyrs. But I then I like how you connected it to just like our kind of metaphorical deaths that we have to die. That I, I totally relate to St. Paul, he's one of my favorites. I love that passage you referenced about the thorn in the side. I constantly, I've talked about that on this podcast several times. That I just, mm-hmm. you know, I have we all have that one thing, but that one thing. Is what keeps us close to God because we do have to keep submitting to him, like you said. We do have to keep relying on him and trusting in him because we can't do it alone. We can't remove that thorn on our own. We have to submit to him. And I I also just to kind of wrap that up, like I love how you're talking about understanding because I think it is such a struggle in our world. I um am in this like Catholic women's kind of social media blogger group, and we've been focusing on listening and uh, Mm. we read Read recently a book called The Listening Life by Adam McHugh. Who I think he's a Presbyterian minister. And it just was it, it's been like game changing just because I think listening is what we're missing in our culture. And that's like a whole nother podcast, I think, for another time. But, you know, to, to connect to understanding, like we need to listen to one another, what you're doing with your porch ministry. Um, I think that listening is how we're going to gain understanding of others, understanding of God, of ourselves. You know, so anyways, I just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of touch on some of those things that you said, because God's doing a lot right here. I had no idea this was going to happen tonight, but we're, we're connecting all these things that have been kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> going on in me. So thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. When I love that you mentioned the listening piece, because when we're focused on our own understanding, when we're focused on our own plans, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to not be focused on God, even if we're telling ourselves we are focused on God. Mm-hmm. But if his plans are different than ours, if the wisdom of God is foolishness to man, then the only way that we can actually come to better understand what God is up to is if Mm -hmm. we're listening to him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the only way we can get to that place is if we're not doing the other things. And so, so I mentioned that I had lost my job and it actually was this really beautiful thing because prior to that, I had been in an incredibly hard work situation, a very traumatic situation. And in that space, my own understanding was This is how the job should be. This is how I should be understood. This is how I should be treated. This is how things should go. And until those things lined up, I could not find peace. I could not find contentment. Uh, The worst case scenario would be to lose my job. And Mm -hmm. God took me on this journey in that time of really breaking down my own understanding, of really inviting me to explore His understanding and to trust Him. And I got to a place where my last year there, God had freed me from a lot of those thoughts of what needed to happen in order for me to be content. Because again, the apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in all situations, which means that any situation could present itself and contentment could happen. Mm -hmm. And my work situation didn't change, but I discovered contentment (laughs) and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that year, I was terminated without cause <laughs> mm-hmm. in what could have been an incredibly destructive moment. And again, I mentioned that I am a husband, a father, I had a baby on the way and I was a homeowner. So losing your job is bad and yeah. you have to get a new job. But God was revealing that he, it was almost like he was saying, I understand why you feel this way and why you think these sh- things should happen. But if you trust me, I can do abundantly more than you could ask for or that you could even imagine. And there were six months where I was unemployed and yet every bill was paid. And then I stepped mm. into this basically full time, full support, serving the community, serving alongside YWAM ever since then. And we've never missed a bill. <laughs> and yeah. I have found so many beautiful expressions of God, beautiful opportunities to serve him, beautiful opportunities to love others. That I would not have found in my own understanding, Mm -hmm. but it's a journey. So I am having to continue to release things, even things like you and I do podcasting. There's Mm -hmm. an expectation with podcasts that it's about your reach and you have to reach more people for it to have value. If it's just one person Mm -hmm. listening, that's not valuable. But one thing God told me is, why is it not valuable if one person Mm -hmm. listens? What if that Mm -hmm. one person is the one I'm trying to reach and I want you to spend three, five, 10, 20 years of your life recording all these episodes for this one singular person? Are you willing to trust me enough in that? Because the world's going to look at you as a failure and a waste, but my understanding is different than the world's. But we don't know that if we're not taking that space to actually actively listen for God, to daily Mm -hmm. try to find ways to recognize that God is still active and still speaking and still moving and still working. If we get focused on our day-to-day, then we're gonna miss them.
0: Yeah, I know. I amen, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier too about taking risks. I'm very much like a, I'm a control freak. I'm a teacher. You know, I run a tight ship in my classroom, and I pride myself on it because it makes me a really good teacher. Like nothing gets by me, you know, and and I have that control. But then in my personal life, those boundaries, like I love a boundary. I put it right up, you know. And we were talking earlier about physical boundaries and letting them down so we can meet our neighbors, and so. That's something I, f- I feel like, as you were just saying right now, that let- letting go that release, that's always been such a struggle for me, you know? So I don't know if you have any mm-hmm. tips or recommendations. Like, you know, I do get so stuck in my daily life. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. My my only handful of listeners, too, I, f- I feel you on what you were saying about podcasting. Mm-hmm. um I was in youth ministry, too. So a long time ago, I, like, let go of numbers. You know, I was, I kind yeah. of was like, okay, yeah. if I have five, <laughs> five kids at the event, we're doing it, it's fine, you know? Um, yeah. But anyways, I don't know if you have any suggestions for a control freak like me about how to like, let some boundaries down to let God in and to listen to him yeah. a little bit?
1: Well, you know, I, I think the first thing I would say is it's easy for us to make broad sweeps of, of mm-hmm. things. So like even the the term control freak implies that desiring control is an inherently bad thing. And it, it definitely mm. can be a dangerous mm-hmm. thing. But God has also designed different people to have different ways of engaging with control and understanding their environment. So there are healthy ways that that skill set of... Basically, there are some people that have just no awareness and no recognition of what needs to happen in the ramifications, right? Um, <laughs> but somebody that's a control freak... Yes, I've freak, met several like, of those people. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and you probably had moments where you were you were grateful that your mind worked in such a way that you're like, if we don't do this mm-hmm. now... There's going to be ramifications down the road. So I, that's the first mm-hmm. thing I want to name. So one of the ways to release control is to start to confront the reasons why we feel like we need to control. Mm-hmm. Um, and you named a great one, outcomes. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just baked into us that outcomes are important. We have to produce something. We have to show something of ourselves. And that was one of the hardest things the years that I was working in ministries is when outcomes became the push because, you know, I mm-hmm. said it before, God's told me with my podcast that if it's about one person, that's the right outcome. <laughs> but the world mm-hmm. says, no, if you're not hitting the thousands mark, then you're nothing. And mm-hmm. when we release outcomes, then we can start to feel a little better about what does or doesn't happen. To put it another way, one of our goals can shift from being, I have to do this thing. I have to accomplish this thing too. I have to... Take the next best step towards God. So, Mm -hmm. here's what I feel like needs to happen. Here's the responsibility I have before me. I've prayed about it, and here's how I feel like God's inviting me. So, to the best of my ability, I'm going to walk towards where I see God. But after that, I'm going to hold things loosely. If something changes, I at least know that I've sought God on it, and I can take peace that if something changes, if it doesn't produce the fruit I want, that that's okay because. My main goal here is to love God and love others. Whatever results from that is is on God. The the Apostle Paul puts it like this. Everyone's fighting over who's the best. Is it Paul? Is it Apollos? And he says, who's Paul? Mm -hmm. Who's Apollos? It's not about us. Mm -hmm. I plant the seed, Apollos waters it, and God makes it grow. In other words, there's plenty of moments that Paul invested in something and he didn't see the growth of it, but he was willing to just do it and release it. Um, There's a lot of times that he did something and it looked like failure, like, you know, when he was dragged outside the city and stoned, right? Like, (laughs) it looks like he failed, but he had to learn to release this notion that anytime he walked into a town, the entire town got saved. Like his job was simply to be an ambassador of Christ and whatever happened from there was on Christ (laughs) because his Mm -hmm. role was simply to be the representation.
0: I love that. And I love that that connects too, to what you we were kind of starting out by saying, too, about how you're kind of approaching everything as just like being an ambassador for Christ. So you've given me so much to like think about. And, and like I said, things that have already been kind of on my mind and in my heart, um, giving me some tools to sort through. As we wrap up, um, I just still am still drawn to that Deuteronomy connection and this first line of like trusting with our whole heart. Um, and Mm -hmm. loving God with our whole, you know, mind, soul, being, any tips on how we can better do that? (laughs) I know we've talked about a lot about understanding and submitting and releasing. Well, and
1: and I would add giving ourselves grace because Mm -hmm. when we see a verse like that, our perfectionist mindsets, our accomplishment driven culture puts Mm -hmm. the notion in that we have to arrive there now. So in any given moment that we're not giving our whole heart, mind, soul strength, like we feel like we're failing. We feel like we're letting God down. We're questioning God. But we don't have to look any farther than the disciples. I mean, how often did they miss the boat on that? And yet Jesus had such patience and love for them because he knew that they were on a journey and that they were going to be from fishermen to fishers of men in a different place there. And from that point to the first church in a different place there, and then from that place to martyrdom, they were on this continuing journey of learning what that looked like. So it's not about achieving perfection. Like the Apostle Paul says, it's not that I've achieved perfection, but I continue to run the race. That's what our opportunity is, is to strive for that. Yes. And then when we fail to do that, to know God's grace and love and to be able to say, well, the next step I take, I'm going to strive to take in that direction. And the next time I stumble, I'm so grateful that God catches me.
0: Amen. I think that patience with ourselves is always, that's a good reminder, you know, to be patient because we're not going to be able to do this all in one one. Swoop, you know, it's little. It's a journey, as you mentioned for sure. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to say about this passage before we wrap up?
1: You know, I think I would just say uh, the good news is that we can always learn more about this. As I as I mentioned at the start, this was one of my first core verses, but even today, decades later, it's still a core verse. There's so much we can learn about this verse if we're willing to see how God understands it beyond just how we understand it. And sometimes the best way we learn that beyond reading scripture, beyond doing studies is simply taking a step in whatever direction we think it's calling us to step and then just seeing what happens.
0: Amen. Paul, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that Podmatch connected us and God, really. I mean, I feel like this has been very (laughs) spirit led and spirit driven. Um, As we wrap up, I always give my guests an opportunity to plug or draw our attention to any websites or any causes. so is there anything you'd like us to check out?
1: Yeah, so I don't actually like drawing attention to myself, which is funny because I do a podcast. Right. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I'm the same but, way, though. And that's maybe yeah.
0: why we don't have as many followers as we would like. But
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I will say is so the website is Com, And the reason I mention is because the reason I feel like God invited me to do a podcast and the right things and to put things publicly is he's inviting me to be transparent about my journey or to put it another way to show others that being a perfect Christian, isn't the goal. Mm -hmm. And that by being transparent about my struggles and my questions, it can allow others to walk alongside with me. And then we're walking together towards Jesus. Cause I don't want anybody following me. I want anybody, I want people following Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Uh, If anybody wants to process through life in a more communal kind of way, the podcast, the writings and other ways of connecting are there to kind of just journey together. So and I'm always happy to connect with people. I'm always happy to talk with people uh, because, yeah, I I really do believe we were built for community. And when we Mm -hmm. function in community, God shows up in ways we could have never seen on our own.
0: I think that's such good advice, especially in an era where we are so individualistic and we are kind of all very turned in on ourselves, whether that be through social media. Again, I'm a media girl, you know, so I feel like reminding ourselves that we are meant to be in community in and relationship. I mm-hmm. think that's such a good reminder and a focus. If you all would like to learn more about me um, or follow me on social media, my uh, Instagram account is at seven mile chats, all spelled out. You can also find me on Twitter, which I tweet more about education and Catholic education at Ms. Struckley one M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can reach out to me on those uh, platforms. But Paul, thank you so much for being here. This really was a very blessed conversation, so I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. And thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Bye, everyone.